0: The banks of the great river, high above the Allure Gorge. This is the Buzzer Podcast. Indie music, new releases, industry insiders, out-of-the-box conversations with guests from the true north, from the west coast to the east coast, to across the pond,
1: and from down under. And now, here is Shay.
0: Hey, y'all! I am Shay. This is the Buzzer Podcast, independent music releases global coverage. Welcome and enjoy. The Buzzer Podcast will wind down Season 1 of both shows. The top shows of Season 1 will start airing September 6th. The shows airing has the top fan engagement, subscribes, and download count. Tonight we have Will Newman from Canterbury, United Kingdom. The original broadcast aired May 18th. Enjoy the show. Producer, songwriter, indie artist Will Newman joins us today from Canterbury, United Kingdom. We feature Crazy and Do You Remember, part of his upcoming full-length album, Daylight Fades to Midnight. Very talented. If you like John Mayer, you will love this artist. Enjoy. Enjoy. Oh, hi, Will. How are you doing today?
1: Yeah, not too bad. It's nice to be talking to you, even though you're on the other side of the world.
0: Yeah, other side of the pond, the way the yeah. Canadians say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm part Brit, so uh, my, my heart's in Britain as well. <laughs> so yeah, you're lucky to live there. Yeah. Lucky to live there. Thank you for joining in. Uh, it's great. Uh, we're going to listen to two of your releases that came out this year one just released April 23rd and do you remember and the one in March of crazy both are great releases you've done very well I love them
1: thank you very much yeah just trying to encapsulate a bit more of a a fun carefree vibe as we go into the summer
0: yeah yeah your uh, full-length album uh, is due for the summer is it not
1: yeah, due really soon. Um, I've I've released the album name, which is "Daylight Fades to Midnight," and then probably in the next couple of weeks, I'll probably start drip feeding when it will come out and the album artwork and those types of things as well.
0: That's great. And the song, do you remember that your uh, your latest release in April has the name of the album in the lyrics?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's some somewhere in there cryptically, but yeah, it's um. It's the chorus. It says Daylight Fades to Midnight right in the beginning of the choruses. Yeah.
0: yeah. And was that intentional?
1: Well, that's the thing. Um, that song was originally called Daylight Fades to Midnight. And oh. I just realized that I wanted to release that as a single and it was going to be a title track. And I thought, well, I've got to change that. And I also think Do You Remember is a bit more relatable and it sort of finalizes the nostalgia on that on that track a little bit more. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. We'll talk about the track when it comes up. So you've been compared to John Mayer. How yeah. do you feel about that?
1: Well, that's a massive honour for me um, because he's one of my musical heroes. I guess, you know, okay. if we were in a room together, uh, obviously he'd destroy me on guitar and his, you know, his knowledge. And But I think the thing we share in common is that sort of eclectic, um, notion that you know what what genre do you want to play in? Do you have to always play in the same genre? And he's one of those artists who sort of cemented himself as someone who is genreless. He has no musical home, but he's welcome everywhere.
0: Mm-hmm, definitely, definitely. Uh, and are there other artists that inspire you other than John?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure if you know him. He's quite a bit bigger over in England. Um, Tom Mish. But he's made some scenes in the in the world, really. Anyway, Tom Mish is a, a very very good guitarist and a musician mm-hmm. as well. And he he's kind of similar. He's got that eclectic sound. And apart from that, um, I really like Laney they're probably Mm -hmm. my favorite band um it's funny because i went to see a john mayer concert in london i don't know three four years ago and i thought oh we'll we'll just turn up for the uh the john mayer set so we didn't go for the support band and now looking back in the past i realized that laney was supporting him and they're now my favorite band and missed out on that but uh, yeah just
0: just so you never went
1: no, I, I went to see John Mayer. I just didn't get there in time to see the support, and it turns out that they started being my favorite band. But it's probably the same as yourself. Like, mm-hmm. I can't. I can't sum up my influences because I'm open to everything. I was just listening to um, some of like Incesticide from um, Nirvana this morning. I really, still like Ozzy Osbourne. I still listen to metal. There's there's all sorts of stuff I'm still into. Yeah, definitely
0: could probably lead to. Uh, The reason, one of the reasons that you aren't defined by a genre. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I find it odd that you wouldn't go to the cover of the opening up because uh, that's actually my favourite part of a concert. (laughs) That
1: was the first and only time I've ever made that mistake. I think I just got the tube at the wrong time. But, you know, since then I've gone really early and support all the musicians.
0: So was music something... Early as an interest
1: for you? Oh, yeah. Um, so I just turned 26, uh, and when I was about 9 or 10, and we'd have a half-term, you know, or like a, a spring break or a vacation, um, sometimes we would drive to the supermarket with my mum in her car, and she'd be playing, like, Nirvana, Queens of the Stone Age, oh, Prince. Great musical taste. <laughs> just, and, and when you're that age and you hear... I don't know, Smells Like Teen Spirit as, a, as an example. You just, it's crazy. It's nothing like you've ever heard before. And it's its so compelling that you're like, oh, well, I, I just took it in. I was like, I need to learn to be able to do this. That sounds amazing. Um, up until that point, you know, music was something that was involved in films. And when you're a child, you don't do a lot of pleasurable listening to music. And then from then on, I was like, is it just the notes that I hear that stimulate me or is this a, is this a method for portraying my feelings and processing stuff? Mm -hmm. That's what it's become for me for, for sure.
0: So what was the first instrument that you picked up? Uh,
1: That, um, that December. So it's probably what, 2005 maybe, Um, 2006. My mum got me an acoustic guitar and I started doing lessons and, me as myself, just my personality, I'm quite persistent with things. So when I first started, I went to this uh, teacher and she was teaching me flamenco and musical notes. And I was like, oh, well, this isn't it Smells Like Teen Spirit. I was getting frustrated. And eventually I stuck with it and found this other teacher and we just went right in and I just picked up and that's how I sort of got more of a nod onto metal and things. But yeah, it was just, it felt so natural to have a guitar in my hand. It was a bit intangible to be able to describe it, but it just felt a bit like home, even though that's a bit of a cliche. Yeah. Do
0: you play other instruments?
1: Since then, yeah, obviously just on my own records, playing mm-hmm. bass, play some drums, uh, harmonica I've done for a couple of songs. Uh, piano is a big big influence for this album. I just, I kind of wanted to become self-sustaining in that way. Um, and I do like collaborating with some of my friends and I've got some great songwriters that help me out on this record mm-hmm. by uh, really like that idea of, of of being that one-man band sustainable and being flexible with what I can play.
0: I commend you for that. So is this album coming out fully self-produced?
1: Well, yeah, so I've, I recorded it all in this room i'm in right now uh it's in it's in our family home and we we never redecorated it so it's still got girly pink wallpaper (laughs) on on the walls but i recorded everything everything here and i worked with a really good engineer um and he did some of the final final masters and final mixing for it but very much i like to have a i like to mix everything myself and get an idea for the sound Mm and then send it, send it to a professional so they can still get an idea of the mix I want, but do things that I'm, I would have to spend more time learning, saturation and all those types of things, you know.
0: I get that. We get that. Done well. yeah. So tell us about uh, Crazy. We're going to be listening to it in a few minutes. Uh, I looked at the official lyric video. I love it, you know, especially with the TV um, the, the tv goes back in time because it's almost retrospect yeah. uh was that done intentionally
1: yeah i had a, a similar video for make believe uh which is a really popular single i put mm-hmm. out and i just like that idea of just um you know watching something through a tv mm-hmm. and it, it kind of encapsulates how that song is a story um, and it's funny, towards the end of that video, I've got mascara and eyeliner all down my face. And the original video <laughs> was, uh, I got in my shower and had some eyeliner and some mascara and I was uh, lip syncing and those sorts of things and didn't really work out how I wanted. So I just added some clips of that in at the end to just give that that kind of vibe, the emotive motive vibe and it's not really about being you know crazy or anything it's more just about being all over the place and maybe doing things that aren't that great for you with someone else uh, in a relationship or just in someone you're seeing yeah
0: so to me It just a lot of going back in time like remembering is it not yeah yeah it be a lot of yeah
1: there's yeah there's a, yeah, there's a he- heavy heavy element of nostalgia on this album mostly just because i mean i'm talking about things that have happened in the past but also just some of the themes that crop up when you're around my age yeah
0: definitely are they from personal experiences
1: yeah yeah the whole so i'll give you the scoop on the album (laughs) the scoop um it's from start to finish it's the beginning the middle and the end of a relationship Mm -hmm. so it starts off very infectious and carefree and fun, and it 's not that it necessarily ends up being you know really negative or depressing it's just a, an acknowledgement that like there's a start and a finish to things mm-hmm. um and some things we don't have to keep them going just for the sake of keep them going. Some things are right at a time and then're not right and another time mm-hmm. and it was kind of a bookend to me of a really important period of my life where I processed a lot that had gone on in those songs in the last two years.
0: Is it about one uh, person you were involved with or a group of people over time?
1: Um, I mean, there's, yeah, there's themes about, um, you know, about certain people and really important relationships I've had. Mm -hmm. And I kind of mentioned this to some of my friends, like, None of it is degrading or anything because I don't think music should be used in that mm-hmm. way. It's very, it's just, re, it's just respectful and it's kind of, it's not, it's non-specific And that's why I think it can be relatable for others. Um, I never want to get into personal things mm-hmm. with other people in my music. I think it's a bit of a, um, it's a holy thing. I don't think it needs to be used in that way, but, but you can, nonetheless, you can explore those mm-hmm. themes and explore them in a way that's you know kind of anonymous and that's what i like about it as well
0: well they're very they are uh, beautiful songs beautiful songs so we're gonna listen to crazy right now uh-huh. So one good thing um congratulations uh crazy you made the editors playlist feature on Spotify.
1: Mm yeah that was really kind of unexpected and something that I've been aiming for for quite a while and you know you're thinking like oh what could I do to step my music up another level and those sorts of questions and I think I think most of the time you know it just has to be a random event and things come together at the mm-hmm. right time um and all, Things happen sometimes when you're not trying to do it really hard and almost like, it's like trying to get to sleep at night if you have had insomnia. The harder you try, the less you sleep. <laughs> yeah, that's um, a good, it's, the, it's the irony of it, yeah.
0: Parallel. So tell, how did you find out that you made that list?
1: I always go on to like the module for Spotify for Artists because I kind of just, I like keeping on track with my releases mm-hmm. and, and see, seeing which ones vibe with people more than others. And I also... If if you're going through stuff in your personal life or you're having a bad day and seeing that there's people in Spain or Germany or America that listen to your music, it makes you kind of zoom out and look at the bigger picture. So I, I usually go on there and I just saw that it had been added on there. And honestly, that was a really nice feeling to little run into and, and know that I'm doing something right in, in a way.
0: Mm-hmm. So during the uh, formation of this album, what type of collaborations did you do?
1: Uh, i've got a very good friend victoria bass and she is a really good singer she's kind of more classic and she does quite a lot of pin-up and and those types Mm -hmm. of things classical singing um vintage um and it was nice to work with her in a different context to her normal music um, and have her as a bit of a compliment on aftermath of you which is the closer track and if i wait as well and then you know, just instead of wanting to hold this project under my name, I mean, I'm releasing it under mm-hmm. my name, but I've said, said to my friends and the people I've collaborated with, this isn't my album. This is our album, which is, which again is a, a cliche, but really it's okay. I'm singing it on. I, but what about the, you know, a hundred friends or however many friends you've got that are supporting you and doing different things. And so I, I've worked with a couple of people that I've met before in the local mm-hmm. area. Um, And just been really open to ideas and collaboration, and I think that's what music's about.
0: That's awesome. So it's a collective of friends and artists that you know in your area.
1: Yeah. uh, Do you know, a really big thing for me is that I started this journey two, three years ago. I'd never sang before. I was petrified of singing. I was petrified of what people thought of me. And, yeah.
0: You only have been singing for two years.
1: Yeah, the first time I sang a recording was December 2018, and the first time I sang in public was, like, March 2019, and... I'm
0: blown
1: away. No one told me I was bad. Like, (laughs) no one told me that. I just decided I was. And the reason I want to get my friends collaborating with me is because I'm like, if I think I'm terrible and I can do it, then, like, what can you guys do? And I I just see, like, if there's someone who's already a bit more established, why not invite your friends who are talented but maybe not have the, uh, they might not have the motivation or feel that they, they are good enough to do something. Like, let's put some music out and see how it does. And it almost always changes their mind. It gives them confidence.
0: That's amazing. So what made that jump into doing your own
1: vocals? Uh, I went through, in 2018, I probably had the most challenging year of my life. Like a lot of personal things happened and I finished university and it was just a real time of change and I I got to quite a a low point and when I was working through that, Mm -hmm. it was so profound. I was like, I've got to the scariest point in my life where I, I don't feel happy and I thought like, Mm -hmm. that was terrifying every day so if I can get through that why do I care if someone doesn't like my voice like it suddenly it suddenly seems so just trivial to me and I was like why would I hold myself back from this then like it's not even scary and and you know as soon as I did it it was just like a house of cards just everything lined up for it it was just pretty amazing
0: I get that you have an incredible voice thank you i appreciate it like it's intoxicating
1: people say it's like lazy and laid back but it sort of draws you in and it feels like a warm i don't know glass of whiskey or something
0: (laughs) oh yeah it's really date night music
1: (laughs) yeah yeah. people have said that to me
0: yeah it's beautiful
1: some of my friends have said like how do you write how do i go about writing sexy songs i'm like that's not my intention i just I, it, it's the it must be a thing about my voice you know other people like john mayer for me he's got a very seductive voice i like listening to john mayer it's just things that are innate, innate to people aren't they and that's what that's the thing with music everyone's so unique and even if you don't think that you bring your own thing to the table everyone does mm-hmm.
0: yeah i yeah. uh, definitely i love it so we're going to be listening to Do You Remember uh, soon, uh, and probably in the next couple of minutes. You have, it premiered on BBC Radio, Ken.
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So there's a really nice guy who works at the, the station called Leo, and um, yeah, he's always been really supportive of my music. So I always just like to um, kind of, yeah premier stuff there if they let me or just just to get out in the local area because I don't know about you but where we are here in England, people see it as a kind of like dead end, you know like a small town, a small village um, and we looked Kent, yeah. Kent or Kent or- uh, kind of like just around Canterbury and Kent in general, you okay. know, we've got these ideas of Canada and America where like, oh, that's where the stars are and, you know, nothing can happen, nothing can happen for us because we live in this small seaside town or something over here. And I'm just like, it doesn't, you don't have to be like, there's great music and great art everywhere and just try and tune into that. Yeah. A
0: hundred percent so do you remember is about the early stages of meeting somebody because what i've um if at the beginning that's what it seemed like but then and it seemed positive and uplifting and then the lyric uh lose our love all of a sudden popped up and i'm like like is it a a retro is it retrospective is it positive is it neutral
1: uh i don't know it was, it was kind of like you know we, we think that getting the wedding ring or getting a house like that's the big love gesture and the idea of the song is like no it's actually these smaller things okay and i guess there's something about recognizing that like things can go really good um, mm-hmm. when you're with someone, you first meet them. Uh, maybe just in the back of your mind, if you're sort of down to earth and you're a realist, you know that like uh, things aren't always forever and it's it's kind of about living in the moment or trying to live in the moment more when you are with someone you really like. Um, does that make sense? Yes, it does. Now, uh, you
0: yeah. explain it to you. Uh, so it's like an Edgar Toll, like living in the present.
1: Mm, yeah like mindfulness is is quite a big part of what i do i really enjoy meditating and those types of things and i Mm -hmm. sometimes i try and bring those philosophies to my songwriting if i can
0: yeah yeah i get that and i see that is there anything else you want to tell us about the track before we hear it Uh, uh
1: i'm not too sure no i think um i think just would be interesting to see how people think about um you know if they can relate to it and if it I think I've I've done a good job at encapsulating nostalgia uh, in the track. And I feel like uh, the, the direction I want to keep taking my music is where someone can listen to it and they're sort of transported away from where they are back into their mind, or it makes them think of someone specific, if you know what I mean. Yeah,
0: definitely. It made me think of somebody specific. <laughs> I mm. can tell you that. So we're going to spin, Do You Remember... Released April twenty third of this year.
1: I'm thinking back on the day we first met. It's funny how much time goes by. I had a I find it very relatable, Will. Good, yeah, that's that's it. I just want to connect with people through the songs and make something genuine that kind of touches people in one way or another.
0: I definitely do put out music like that. It's very relatable, it's enjoyable. Um, I never thought of the term sexy, but yeah, I could put sexy on it.
1: It's just because there's certain lyrics, there's certain lyrics that people like hear louder than others and then they ask Yeah, about it. yeah.
0: <laughs> I have two boys, you know, I'll recommend your music when they have the girls over. <laughs> That's <laughs> no, yeah. uh, yeah. uh, no, it's beautiful. It's beautiful for a night in or when you have your special person with you and want to turn on can up. Light candles, and I think it's just amazing. Yeah, I like the way your music, where your music is going.
1: I'm excited to just see. I'm excited to not have too many rigid plans and to just kind of see how it unravels in front of me. um Because in a lot of my life, I quite like knowing what's going on and having a plan. And you know, I've got plans for releasing sig- the singles and I've got dates and stuff. But very much like, if I want to wake up and write a blues track, then I'll write a blues track. I'm not going to limit myself.
0: Are you going to be releasing singles up until the release of the full album? That's
1: my plan. So yeah, the next single that's going to come out is on the 21st of May, and that's called If I'm Being Honest. And I guess that song is a kind of a departure from strictly carefree songwriting. It's kind of a bit more of a pensive uh, look at some of the things that I've, I've gone through. Um, and it's probably the most raw and vulnerable songwriting I've done, um, because I kind of explained to some, some of my friends, my musical friends that, um, if you're really, really vulnerable and you're talking about something that's happened to you, you've gone through it. It feels like the most naked feeling Mm -hmm. ever because you know, you're, you're not layering up the track with loads of instruments and stuff. The thing that is speaking to someone, the main element is, are those lyrics in Mm -hmm. those songs? so. It's kind of just a tale of resilience and it's a tale of, um, you know, like wanting to be somewhere with where you're at or with a particular issue, but acknowledging that you're still on your way to getting there. Oh,
0: sounds like an amazing release. I look forward to listening to it.
1: Good, yeah. It's uh, it's quite moving when I listen to it, but that's just because it's relatable and, and I remember where I was at when I was writing those lyrics.
0: If you were to do a playlist of your own songs, would that be the first one? Ah. Uh,
1: I feel, okay. like, <laughs> I feel like I feel like I go in with the carefree the carefree songs uh-huh. first and then hit them, at, hit them at the end with the pensive like reflective them. ones. I think there's a I think do you know I, I don't know if you you feel the same but with a lot of like music these days especially pop music it's almost exclusively about like good times and girls and parties and going out and those things and I just think like yeah that's a it's a lovely conduit being positive in a song but some of the stuff that really speaks to people and makes them think like I needed that yeah. today are those songs they are a bit more reflective and I just think this song is about and that's why it's called if i'm being honest because this song is about how we go through things and we've got this really weird human uh innate thing to us where we don't always just say what we need to say we say oh i'm just not doing too well and i just think like wouldn't it be better if we were all just a bit more honest about Mm -hmm. where we're at especially especially men um i've got I've got a twin sister and, uh, you know, seeing her friends and how they relate and how they talk Mm -hmm. about things and then seeing my guy friends where you really have to, if someone's down and, and uh, in my experience, if they're a guy or a man, like you can, you can have to spend ages to get out of them um, and they won't open up about it. And I just think in today's day and age, we just need to sort of acknowledge that it is okay to talk about everything. And a problem shared is usually a problem halved as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I get that. I get that and I do agree with you on uh, your comments that people need to, both men and women need to open up, need mm, to open up. Uh, yeah. Because uh, to be honest with you, I have uh, I have two boys and they are very good, like yourself, opening up about their feelings. So, my experience um, <laughs> my experience doesn't agree, but um overall, I think uh you're right about uh, that men do need that uh, do you find that that is what makes your music popular with your fans is that you do open up about your vulnerabilities?
1: I think so, yeah, just just saying it how it is it's just how I am um I just think. People shouldn't dance around stuff. I know it takes a lot of courage to talk about stuff, but yeah, it's in the Mm -hmm. UK in, you know, in England, there's just this really weird um, sort of culture, especially with men Mm -hmm. where they just, if you if you talk about your feelings if you express care it's kind of widely perceived as being oh that's really feminine it's a feminine that makes you girly and i just think like i don't know guys it's 2021 i think we need to move on from these stereotypes and acknowledge acknowledge that everyone has things that they uh you know that they do if it's like the with my sister or some of my friends when they're down and they're not doing very well get together and maybe watch a film and really really hash it out and talk about it and and with guys you might not see them for months and then they're like oh I've just gone through all this on my own Mm -hmm. and you don't have to and it seems really silly that we're still doing that and I kind of just want to just talk to people and some of the people that have really reached out and said that track was really important to me you know some of them are guys that really haven't told me about things that have been going on for them at the time Um, That's just, I mean, that's better than anything. That's better than a huge record deal for me. That's just being able to talk to people and being able to make them open up and be vulnerable. That's kind of what I want, just to be able to support as many people as I can with it.
0: That's a beautiful message. I love that. I love that. Apart from the full-length album, do you have other plans for this year? Or are you in a holding pattern because of COVID?
1: Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's uh, I when I was uh, starting in 2019, mm-hmm. I was playing quite a lot locally yeah. and obviously that got uh, stopped stopped to it with uh, with Covid. I think I want to get my album out of the way and uh, really put that out and put a lot behind it. Mm-hmm. And then as as and when things open up it would be nice to start playing again, but I I kind of do see myself as more a recording artist. Um even though that sounds niche and elitist, I don't mean that. I just mean I am in the business of making records and I, I enjoy that. And that's where I get my fulfillment musically. Whereas I've got some close friends and they detest making records, but they are they love being on stage. And I love being on stage too, but I there's just something about the writing and recording process that for me is incredibly enjoyable and you know I can I could start doing something at six o'clock and then I look at the clock and it's midnight and the time's just gone I find it such a such a great use of time.
0: I get that as a creative you need to find the space that you're more comfortable with yeah yeah and I commend you for that commend you for that so if there was anything about the industry that you could change as an
1: artist what would that be i kind of said to my friend the other day because i often ponder these questions um there's been especially in england there's been a very a very big sort of revolution in how women are perceived in music um and there's an artist phoebe bridges for example and she's kind of like heterodox because instead of using her feminine image. She's talking about things that have happened to her um, mm-hmm. and specifically a bit widely, she's talking about the music industry in general. And I think that's really hitting home with people and they're, they're accepting that message more. Whereas some of the bigger artists now, some of the bigger female artists, some of their management, it seems like they're still marketing the, the looks and things like that. And or sex or sex. It, like sexualizing younger artists or younger women um in in music and i don't i just think that it's a bit degrading to those women and i think it's lovely now we've got so many social movements happening where women are actually speaking out and the things that they're speaking out against are more powerful than you know what I'm saying is if we're gonna market people's music, I think we should do it for the narrative and not the fact that it's because we can make money because they're attractive because i just it's it's completely out of line with where I think we're at in society now, but music still seems to be a place where that is still happening. Do you understand what I mean yeah,
0: oh yeah I do a hundred percent yeah i I found uh the Grammys just suckable
1: um yeah there's there's a so I mean right now for example I was actually saying this um there's there's been a lot of things going on with me too and there's a lot of stuff that's been going on with with film for example mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if music's had had its moment yet but I feel like you know there's got to be thousands of stories there that we just haven't heard yet mm-hmm. um and that that was it it's, it's you know, the, the artists that I listen to, the feminine artists that I listen to, I listen to them because I love their music and I want to support it. And it's not you know, it's not because of image. And I, and I think it's a shame that it's a lot of female artists might be uh, being sort of promoted by, you know, labels or management on their image still. And I just think we've moved past that as a society and it should really be about the content and the amazing narratives they're putting into their songwriting.
0: Oh, 100%. I actually more... Uh on your page than you think, Uh, starting this month, uh, the podcast will be running a regular segment, uh, podcast segment of women of rock um, and featuring uh, indie artists that are fronted and indie bands that are fronted by women.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. really important. I think to give those, those women a voice because especially when they're doing something, which, you know, they're, they're heading up an indie band or a mm. punk band or something where yeah. maybe 34 years ago, you would expect that to be a really loud guy at the front. And yeah. uh, it's kind of going against the grain now. And, and, uh, and I think like, yeah, why do we have these stereotypes? Why can't a woman be in a metal band, for example? Mm-hmm. Why can't a woman be a punk singer? Um, why can't they sing hardcore and be aggressive? Um, And I think, yeah, it's really nice that you've made that little platform for those artists as well.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited about it. The first one is airing this month. I'm very excited. I totally agree with you, Will. I totally agree with your sentiments.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And at the same time, you know, we've got, for example, uh, artists like Taylor Swift, where you know, she's having to re-record her her music mm-hmm. um, because other people hold the rights, and those people are are men, and it's a bit of a monopoly on her music, and she's not making the money on it. And because it happened when she was a young a younger girl, and I I, I sense that there's a lot of change going on. It's quite an uncertain time, but often these times have to happen for it to be fully liberating and to have a much more creative space because music, you know, it is creative and and it's supposed to be very liberal and and Mm open-minded, but there's still corners of it that are still kind of, yeah, like cliche and stereotypical. And I think it's important we break away from that as soon as we can. Yeah,
0: touche, touche. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate the time that you spent being on the podcast today. Uh, Love getting to know you better and what's behind your music would instagram be the best channel to follow you
1: on will probably yeah it's uh, my handle is at will newman musician on instagram also on facebook or wherever else you want to follow me um always try and put up some behind the scenes from the new singles i'm putting out and uh, i really love hearing from people who've connected with my music that's probably the most personal and special thing that i get out of um yeah making music and putting records out
0: well that's awesome awesome well, thank you.
1: Yeah, thank you too. It's been really nice catching up with you and chatting to you. And it's always nice when you talk to someone and you have a very similar vision and, and similar opinions about things. And I think that's quite refreshing, especially as we're on the other side of the pond Yeah, as well. Yeah, it is
0: refreshing. <laughs> on oh, the other side of the pond. You make me sound like right? a <laughs> man. Yeah, cool. Uh, you're making me miss one hand. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, have a great evening.
1: Yeah, you too. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you all for tuning in to the Buzzer Podcast Network. Season two begins soon. The Buzzer Podcast will wind down season one of both programs. The top episodes of season one will start airing September the 6th. These are the season one shows with leading fan engagement, subscribes, and download count. The gratitude I have for the remarkable artists who share their music on the Buzzer Network is over the moon. To our loyal listeners, thank you for tuning in and being a powerful part of our achievement. Because of you, The Buzzer Podcast is top 10% of the most popular shows out of over 2.6 million podcasts right by listen score. Follow us on Instagram at TheBuzzRowMedia and on Twitter at TheBuzzerIndy. Subscribe fees at thebuzzlerpod.com. Without you, none of what we do is possible. Listen in and remember without music, our campus is blank. On air indie from iPad to yours over the airways. Until next time, cheers, y'all.